Aren't you grateful to be in God's presence with God's people today? Can we give God some praise today in the house today? Amen. I'm grateful that I can experience the presence of God, the power of God today in the house. Aren't you grateful today for all that God has already done and what God is about to do in your life today? My, my celebration occurs because of my faith in Jesus Christ, because the power of Calvary being made real in my life today. I am so grateful and thankful that you have chosen to be here today. You have picked a fine time to be at church. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the sanctuary. The sanctuary is a place of life, it's a place of hope, it's a place of love. This is a place to belong, and so if you are here and you are one of our first-time guests or even one of our returning guests, we welcome you today in Jesus' name. We are so glad you're here. Welcome back for those that are coming back. I see some great faces in the audience today, and I am just thrilled to see what God is going to do in this service today. My heart is overwhelmed. Because I'm trusting in God's power and His presence, His Spirit to manifest in a mighty way today. Amen. Is that your desire today to see God manifest in your life, in your heart today? Thank you for joining me on this final sermon in our series, All Things New. I hope that you have been blessed. I hope that you have been challenged during this season. If you have not had a chance to listen to any of these other sermons, I would say, hey, go ahead and check it out. Go online. You will be blessed. Amen. As we begin today, I'd like to share a quote from Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight said this, Every tomorrow has two handles. We can take a hold of tomorrow with the handle of anxiety or with the handle of faith. Today, I'm choosing to live by faith and not by fear. Is that your prayer today? Is that your desire today? Come on, somebody. Let's go ahead and take a moment and thank God that we are going to be people of faith, not ruled by fear. In this series, we have spoken about how it's time to believe what God says instead of what we see in the natural. We are called to pursue, to overtake, recover all that has been lost, all that's been stolen by the enemy. Come on, somebody. I don't want the enemy to win today in my life over the battle of my mind. No, I am choosing to follow Jesus. We've learned about the amazing crossing of the Jordan River and the memorial stones that reflect victory that comes through unity. I want to be united for his plan and purpose as the church of the living God. Amen. I want to be united behind what God is trying to do right here in this faith community. God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for us to reach our world, to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week we spoke about a timely message about borderline believers who never surrendered to God's plan for their lives. We were never meant to be on the sidelines of this spiritual battle. Amen? We were never meant to be kind of on the outskirts, not just kind of engaged in the fight, but we were meant to be believers on the front lines. Amen. Charging the gates of hell, saying, God is with me, therefore I will go. God is for me, therefore I will follow you, Lord. God has a plan for every single person in this place today. Do you believe that today? If you do, why don't you give God praise for that? I'm receiving it with you today in the name of Jesus. That every person, you have a purpose, a divine destiny. 
that must be fulfilled. God's got a plan for you. Amen? Why don't you look to your neighbor and say, hey, God's got a plan for you. All right, tell your other neighbor beside you if you can see them. I know the masks. I know. I get it. Hey, God's got a plan for you as well, all right? Amen, amen, amen. We've got some great people today, and I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do. Our focus passage for this series is all about how the Lord will make a way out of absolutely no way, and how he is able to bring dead things to life, how God will make, everyone say he will make, he will make all things new. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Hey, let's forget about what happened in 2020. Come on, someone. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. To me, that's a declaration of faith right there, amen? What once was barren is now going to be fruitful, all right? What once was lost is going to be found. What once was broken is now going to be healed and delivered. Somebody needs to believe that God has a plan, a word for you, amen, because God is trying to encourage us today to see that God is able. He's able to make all things new. And this will be where we as the people of God, this will only be accomplished if we will fight against the enemy of complacency. The enemy of just kind of whatever happens, whatever will be, will be. (laughs) So let's ask ourselves how big are our dreams today and what are we going to do about them? All right. How big are your dreams? What are you going to do about them? Today, I'd like to preach about this thought, all things new. Give me this mountain. Someone has got to declare this in your heart. Say, hey, I'm going to tell the enemy, give me this mountain. Now, you might not know the context yet. That's all right. That's what we're going to preach about today. God has a plan for your life, a dream that is yet to be fulfilled. I'm not taking a back seat. I'm not going to be on the sidelines spiritually, but I'm going to walk forward with bold faith, believing that God is with us and that God is for us today. Amen. Today's message, it centers around a fellow by the name of Caleb in the Old Testament, a man who was not afraid to dream. You may remember Joshua and Caleb. Well, they were two of the 12 spies that brought back actually a good report of the promised land. In this series, we've learned all about victories that were won after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. I don't want to be a wanderer today. Joshua led the people through the Jordan River into their promised land, and they continued to fight to fully possess the land. In fact, the fighting went on for five years after they arrived. When God gives you a promise, doesn't mean there's not going to be a fight to see that promise fulfilled. Amen. And so they inherited the promise, this fight was going to occur for them to fully possess it. Everybody say fully possess it. You see, Joshua had faithfully led them to this place, but he was approaching the end of his life. So before he passed, God gave him some guidance to share for and with the people. So in Joshua chapter 13 and verse 1. Now Joshua was old 
advanced in years. I suppose I could say that about myself, but I'm kind of in that, maybe not quite, I mean, yet, yet I'm still holding on type of scenario. The Lord said to him, you are old. I mean, can you imagine God telling you, look, <laughs> you're old. <laughs> Sorry, you're advanced in years. <laughs> That's what's going on here. However, here's the deal. There remains much land yet to be possessed. Then the Lord begins to outline all the surrounding regions that remained to be conquered. And he commands Joshua to divide up the territory between all of these tribes. But you see, there was this area of Gilgal, one of the parts of Judah's territory. This particular area presented some unique and special challenges. Challenges that our biblical character by the name of Caleb was prepared to take on. They were giants in the land. These giants were in the land known as the Anakims. So Caleb, he has this heart-to-heart conversation with his old buddy Joshua. He begins to share some old war stories. All right, hey, hey, man, you know, remember all that stuff that we went through together, those times we talk about this and we talk about the promises of God. All these things happen in our life. Man, God was faithful, right? I mean, can you imagine all those things that happened? We got to witness it. It was amazing. He was thankful that God allowed him to see and live long enough for that promise about to be fulfilled in his life. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barna to spy out the land. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. The bad report. That's what he's talking about, all right? But I wholly followed the Lord, my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land which your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. There's something to be said about an inheritance from the Lord when we are able to see the miracle when God has declared it that we just got to continue walking in faith, wholly following the Lord. And so God's like, hey, it's about to happen, all right? And now... (laughs) It took a little while to get there. But and now the Lord has kept me alive as he said, these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old, 85 years young. And yet, as yet I am as strong this day as in the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain for which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in the day how the Adakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified I may be that, it may be the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. So Caleb's 85 years young at this passage. 
He's got faith to possess the land because God promised it to him some 45 years earlier. And he's got the same kind of faith, all right? Faith didn't diminish. There's something to be said that in the battles of life, don't let your faith diminish. My brother, my sister, friend of God today, young person, don't let the enemy steal your faith. Sometimes we don't understand. It might take some time to get there, but look, when God gives you a promise, it will come to pass. Just obediently follow his plan, follow his purposes, and let the Lord fight the battle. Amen. Caleb knew exactly what the land was going to require, but he still boldly declared, give me this mountain. Just so that we understand what's really going on here, it's not like he was asking for more land. He's not asking for more possessions for himself. He's actually taking the step to take a challenge on that many would probably run from. He's not asking for a favor. He's not asking for an easier job. This was a hilly area of land. It was infested with giants. The enemy was the strongest in this point, at this area. The most difficult part of the promised land to subdue. But Caleb faced this with faith, all right? He was not afraid of the foe, but he desired to go in faith, not desiring to rest. At age 85, he sits down, you know, and I suppose he could have just simply taken it easy, right? If anyone had the right to take off his army boots, put on his fuzzy pink slippers, could have been Caleb, right? That would make sense. Hey, bro, you're, 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 you're advanced, <laughs> You're advanced, all right. He survived 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and a five-year campaign in taking Canaan. He could have simply said, look, I've done my part, and absolutely no one would have questioned him. He understood, though, that there was still a work to be done. There was still a work to be done. There still is a work to be done to see the promise fulfilled. I want to speak something into someone's heart today. Look, God's given you a promise today, and it's a promise of fruition that will come to pass, but there's still work that has got to be done. So we've got to be people of faith. We've got to keep on marching forward. Amen. The same faith that was with us years ago needs to be the same faith that we possess today to see the land, amen, given to us, and so that we will see that promise come to fruition there are times we understand this there are times we need to just simply say let go and let god <laughs> all right but you know when that is it's when we have done everything we are capable of doing when we've done our part when we everything we can do okay can i tell somebody something here god doesn't bless laziness he doesn't bless cowardice. <laughs> you know, if you thought he was blessing laziness, go to the ant thou sluggard, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? He's not into fear. He's not into surrendering to the enemy. God's not going to bless an evasive, pass the buck, non-committal type of spirits. So if we get the cold feet at the first sign of opposition... Please don't think you're exercising some kind of superior faith by stating, well, I guess it's just not God's will. 
that's supposed to happen or else it would just fall all into place. Can I be real for a moment? This life is a struggle. This life is a battle. Even in the Genesis account, he told Adam to subdue the land. Okay, there's work that needs to be done. And here's the thing. When we are faced with the mountain of adversity, I lean on the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, there's going to be an attack coming against us as people of God. We've got to be ready. What's going on is we've got to be ready at this moment that this Ephesian passage is being written. Hey, Paul is trying to tell us it's going to be a fight. It's going to be all right. And goes on to explain in verse 12, but we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly Places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Somebody say the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In other words, when you are faced in the middle of your battle, don't run away from the moments. Your armor's in the front, all right? So go ahead and stand. Be a man of God, a woman of God, a king today. Amen, a child of God and stand still and see your Redeemer work his way into your circumstances. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Sometimes, friends, we've got to be reminded of this, that it is supposed to be war. It was always supposed to be war. It will always be war on this side of glory. It's not supposed to be a tea party. I love cupcakes. I love tea. I love coffee. But, hey, it's not supposed to be, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out with my friends, you know, just kind of going through the motions. No, this is supposed to be a spiritual battle. This is supposed to be war today. Come on, somebody. I want to encourage you to lift up what God is trying to do in your heart to say, yeah, I understand what it's about. I know the enemy's trying to attack me. Therefore, I want to stand, amen, having all of these weapons of warfare in my arsenal. God has given us every single thing that we need for the battle. He's given us every single thing we need to win the war. Anybody ready and open to put on the whole armor of God today? If so, why don't we give God praise together? God is equipping us. God is challenging us. And hopefully God is helping us today. When I read this story in this passage, I ask myself, man, What's up with this 85-year-old individual who's willing to fight? I look back at his history, the mountain. Well, it represented 
the place that the enemy had overrun. The reason why this was such a big deal to Caleb was it represented the very place where the enemy had overrun. You see, this area had actually been the home of Abraham many years ago. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rachel, Rebecca, Leah, they're all buried here, okay? Israel no longer possesses this area. The giants of the land had separated them from their heritage. There's something to be said when the enemy overruns what we held precious. There's something to be said when the enemy has come in like a flood and it feels as though we are left standing alone. Can I tell someone God is with you? God is for you and God will help you. God will equip you. It might take some time. It might take 45 years, but God is faithful to his promises today. Can I encourage someone today? God is with you, my brother. God is with you, my sister. God is with you, young person, and he will help you in the middle of the moment. Caleb had walked hundreds of miles through the land And back again, of all the territory he could have asked for, he picks this area, Hebron, because the giants were there, this Anakim race of giants. Forty years before, it it was these giants, these same giants, that had, in fact, terrified his fellow spies when they were scouting out the land. In fact, one of them said, hey, you know what? We look like grasshoppers in their sights. And the other 10 spies, of course, conceded to that as well. They whimpered those sentiments. But Joshua and Caleb, they said, hey, bring it on. We're ready for the fight. We know that God is with us. God is for us. He, these, these enemies, these, these, these giant race of folks that you see, they're no match for the God that we serve, Jehovah God. They're no match. The one that created the spoken worlds. I mean, he's the one that hung the moon and the stars, created the universe. That God is with us. Therefore, we've got nothing to fear. We got this. God is on our side. Forty years later, he's 85 years of age. He is still ready to fight. I think about once and for all, Caleb just wanted to simply kill the fear of these giants that had kept them from their promises. I wonder what kind of giants in our land and in our lives and through in our families have kept us from possessing all that God has for us. I wonder if anybody under the sound of my voice is tired of running away in fear. Anybody tired of running? I mean, I know I am. I'm tired of going the other way. I'm tired of seeing the enemy win and seeing person after person walk away from their faith in the Lord, walk away from church because they got upset or they got, they got confused or maybe they got bitter or hurt. I'm tired of seeing the enemy pick apart the church. I want to be a church of the living God today that stands on his promises, the promises of his word. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's my desire today. When I think about Caleb, This fight oftentimes occurs first in our hearts and our minds. Caleb's a pretty healthy guy, right? 
I mean, he didn't allow life's circumstances to dictate his faith. He stood out from his peers because he stood on God's promises. The way we sometimes stand out spiritually from our peers is when we stand on the promises of God's word. You want a miracle? Stand on the promises of God. Everybody else says it's not going to happen. Stand on the promises of God's word. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says he is able, God is able to lift up a standard against him. Therefore, I know that God is with you. God is with me and he's able to help us do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could even ask, even think. What I understand is that age doesn't have to limit power. Age does not have to limit power. You know the saying, older and wiser? Well, sometimes we get a little older, but can I, can I humbly submit that we might not get as wiser as we need to? <laughs> I think back to my 20s, and man, I wonder, man, alive. I did some of that stuff. That's crazy. I'm older. I don't know if I'm any more wiser than I was in my 20s. I don't know. Okay, it's been a few years. Many of us allow life's pressures to wear on us, don't we? sometimes wear us down spiritually, much like how our bodies can get worn out over time. But aren't you grateful today that the body of Christ is not a human body? The body of Christ remains unchanged in a changing world. We are still God's people. We are still the apple of God's eye. God still has a purpose and a plan for the church to be a faithful witness in these last days. Do you believe that today? We're called to be a light in the darkness. Our perception may change, but God is unchanging today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, I will still trust in his power and trust in his word. In the natural, our senses of hearing, sight, and sound can sometimes fade with age. But in the spiritual, our senses must be attuned to what God is saying to us, what God is saying to the church today. We need to have a clear vision for what God has for us. As we age, our bodies can experience significant decrease in flexibility. Joints ache as they wear out. Pain and friction can occur. Arthritis can develop. I know that there was a time I'd play tackle football with the guys and, uh, the next day, I'd bounce right back. But now, you get me out on a field, guess what? I'm going to be feeling that <laughs> for a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, this summer, uh, last summer, some of the buddies, I was like, yeah, this, this gentleman, uh, elder, uh, and he played ball, and he did something to his knee. He's like, I'm just not as young as I used to be. I go, I know. That's why I'm sitting on the sidelines cheering you guys on. Way to go. I know my limitations physically, but hey, can I tell you something about the church? The church never slows down due to pain. We are still God's people, the sheep of his pasture. In the church, the joints are people working together side by side, united for one purpose and one cause. In the church, we're called to love God and love others as we love ourselves. And this often means seeing past shortcomings seeing past situations of failure, celebrating what we actually do have in common. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Isn't that our common denominator, Jesus Christ our Lord? The faithfulness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe in the power of his resurrection today. We believe that every person can be saved, amen, by the grace of God. We believe that there is strength and deliverance and miracles still happen. Amen, we are the church today. And we're called to extend some more grace to people all around us. Doesn't the Bible say something about the same measure that I give is the same measure I'm supposed to receive? I better give some grace. I better give some grace. That one's for free, folks. All right. In the natural, the human body loses its ability to produce children. In the spiritual, this should never, ever, ever happen. I declare today that the sanctuary's highest calling is to seek and save the lost, the broken, the downtrodden in our world today. Yes, we're called to bring on the, the arms of the church and unite together and band together, walking in fellowship side by side, breaking bread from house to house in prayer and supplication together and, and looking to the return of Jesus Christ. Yes, we're supposed to band together. We're supposed to be connected as the body of Christ, true community. That's what we're called to be as the church of the living God. That's why we've got small groups. That's why we have care networks. That's why we come together on Sundays. That's why we, we come together and serve together and we love God together. We serve our community together. Why? We're the church. Banding together. We're called to never lose sight of what that looks like. However, for some of us, the longer we age, in church culture, the more isolated we become from evangelism, from the Great Commission to go. We must never be too old to produce and support spiritual babes in Christ. We must never get too old or too mature in the faith to not be able to support, nurture, love on new Christians, new people in Christ. We're called to be the church. We're called to be the representation of Jesus Christ on this earth. The mission of God is to reach the world with the good news today. Therefore, we are called as the church to adopt that same passion and same vision in everything that we do. We know who we are. We're people of the name, people of the word. We know where we're at, but we've got to be willing to extend a loving hand into a hurting world that's beyond the four walls of this building. We must fight the temptation to turn the church to an institution that only ministers to us, my needs, my things, while ignoring the saved. The church was always supposed to be a hospital for the hurting. It was never supposed to be a museum for the saints. It was always supposed to be a hospital, a place where the healing can find, those that need healing can find that healing. Those that need strength can find deliverance. Those that need peace can find hope. God is calling us to extend his love into a hurting world. There is much that needs to still be possessed is what the word of God would declare to us. And so we must move in the same spirit as Caleb, who declared, give me this mountain. 
And can I declare today, as I'm trying to wrap this up today, that I want you to know that when we step out and claim our mountain, that God will go with us. Do you believe that today? I believe that God is going to go with us. We don't have to do this alone. Praise God. We don't have to do this in our own ability. We trust in God's power to be with us. He doesn't call us to claim the giant-filled mountainside on our own. If God plans for us to face the mountain, he will help us conquer the mountain. Amen. Do you believe that God is whatever's in our path today? If God has placed it there, he's going to help us overcome it. He's going to help you today, my brother, my sister, my friend today. He's going to help you. So the question is, are we willing to allow him to step into our life? Are we willing to surrender an area whatever that is that has been holding us back from reaching our promised land to conquer that area that still needs to be subdued? Is there still a fight to be fought even though the land has been conquered? Even though it's been given to you as an inheritance? Yes, but it is a fight of faith. Someone say it's a fight of faith. A fight to possess what's already yours, what's already been given to you, promised to you by the Lord. Our fight is to possess what God has promised to us as a child of the Lord, a child of the King. We have an inheritance, the Bible declares. Therefore, knowing our inheritance as a child of God, it is essential, it is crucial. If you don't believe it, it's really difficult to inherit God's promises. Why? Because your inheritance must be in you before you can be in it. Your inheritance, what you believe is from God, all right? It needs to be inside you. You need to believe it before you can go ahead and receive it. Why? Because if I don't believe in the promises of God's word, if I don't believe that God is with me, then there's a good chance I'm going to be whimpering like those 10 spies rather than walking in faith like Caleb and Joshua. We think we've done too much. We've struggled too long. We think perhaps for some in this room, you've squandered your inheritance, that it's not for you any longer. That is a, a lie straight from the pit of hell today. The devil does not want us to know about God's grace. The devil does not want us to know about redemption. God is, not, God is not short today in his promises. He's not lacking in his promises today. His grace is sufficient for my life today. We might think we squandered it, that we walked away and we lost something. But can I tell you, the same God of Caleb is the same God of us today. He is with you. He is for you. And he will go before you in the name of Jesus Christ. When we continue receiving what God has for us, we will receive his inheritance. When we know it's ours, we'll keep fighting. We'll keep believing. We'll keep becoming people of faith. There's a story of a homeless man who was estranged from his family for several years. Over time, a wealthy relative had passed away and left an incredible inheritance, all right? It was like $6 million to this guy. When the police came to bring the news of his inheritance, he ran away. 
because he thought they were coming to arrest him for something that he did that he didn't know he did, all right? There's no way he could have anticipated that they had this life-altering, life-changing news because in no way did he believe that he had such an inheritance. But he was the rightful heir. That inheritance, it belonged to him. Folks, we run from the blessings of God because we simply don't believe that we have an inheritance with him. God is calling us to get out of the pig pen. God is calling us to get out of the muck and mire today of life and say, why are you punishing me, God? God's not trying to punish you. God is trying to deliver you. God is trying to help you. God is trying to bring you out of darkness into his marvelous life. God has got a plan for you. He's got a purpose that he desires to see fulfilled. Aren't you tired of running? Aren't you tired of running? Today's a great day to claim your inheritance. Today's a great day to claim your inheritance in the Lord. Today is the day to fight and possess all that the Lord has for you. I want you to know that all the strength that we have, it's not found in ourselves, it's found in Jesus Christ. It's found in the Lord. For Caleb to claim what God had promised, he had to go against the majority because there's always going to be somebody that says it can't be done. There's always going to be somebody doubting your experience, doubting your moment in faith, doubting baptism, doubting you being filled with the Spirit, doubting, is that person really changed? Is that really the deal? Or is he just kind of going through the motions? Is that person really going to change or I'm just going to wait to see them fail. You know, oftentimes, unfortunately, we as Christians, what do we do? Rather than help the hurting and the wounded, we throw them away. We shoot our wounded. Well, I guess that's it. They're done. They're done for. They've already failed. I guess it's over. But that's not what God's about. Full of grace and mercy today. He desires for someone to come home. He desires for someone to pick up the passion that they once had for the things of God. Somehow, some way, we've lost our way. Something has occurred. We've been hurt. We've been wounded. We've allowed something into our heart, our spirit. And it's causing us to be short-sighted in God's promises short-sighted in God's inheritance for us. We're running from Jesus rather than receiving our inheritance from him. Caleb could have ran the other way. He could have died out with those other 10 spies. But there's something that was burning inside of Caleb. And he said, give me this mountain. 
there's something to be said in the heart of every believer. A moment, a trigger moment where you've just got to decide for yourself to say, God, I know that the promises of God are still with me, even though it might feel like such a long time ago. But today I'm committing myself to you. I'm committing my life on the altar and saying, God, here I am. I surrender my all one more time because I know you've got a plan for me. I know you've got a purpose to me. Amen. I want to step into that today. I don't want to be shackled by my past. I don't want to be shackled by the pain today. Caleb claimed his mountain and then he overcame the giants. First, you got to claim it. Then the victory will come. First, you got to believe that it's possible. That's when the doors open. I've got to be willing to get out of the boat today to see the miracle of walking on water occur. Someone in this room, you've got to realize God's not giving up on you. God's got a hope for you, a promise for you, an inheritance for you. We all have giants in our lives. We're people. We're human beings. We're discouraged at times. We've got despair. We've got issues with sickness and finance. We're just like everybody else. Distrust, hurt, distress. All these things are natural things that occur on this side of heaven. And the truth is we can't defeat it in our own strength. It's so easy to look at the giants. It's so easy to look at how things are in front of us. But can I tell you something? God is bigger than your giants. God is bigger than the problem. God is the solution that you have been searching for. Therefore, don't get your focus on the small giants because they are small in comparison to the power of God being able to manifest in your life. Focusing on the small, it's the outlook of fear. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Instead of focusing on how small these giants really are compared to God, when we do so, that is my outlook of faith. Having an outlook of faith, it changes things. Ephesians 3 and 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. I mean, just blow your mind kind of situation, right? Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that works in us. I wonder someone in this room today, would you declare with me and have the faith with me that says, give me this mountain? Perhaps a long time ago, you can recall that moment. God spoke something. I want you to go back to that moment and say, God, the same God that was with me then is the same God with me now. Maybe you've never made a start in God. Maybe this is kind of all new to you. That's all right, too. This can be your Caleb moment where you say, you know what? Today is the day I choose to follow Jesus. Today is the day I choose to let go of some things in my past and reach to the future of my, my purpose in you. God, do something in me. Stir up the gift within me. And so as we stand today, you serve the God of exceedingly. 
you serve the God of abundantly. Above all that we ask or think, you serve the God of glory that keeps his promises. If he has called you to the promised land, he will empower you to possess it. If he's called you to something, he's going to make a way where there seems no way. And he will allow the victory to unfold. For some, we're tired, we're weary in your spirit. You might feel like you're 85 years of age. You may not know if you have any fight left in you. But God is faithful. God is faithful. And he's able to do all things today. Do you believe that today? People of God in this room, those of us that have been in this thing for a while, do you believe that God is faithful today? God is able to do all things. Hey, I want to encourage somebody that might be beside me. They don't know what, what God has done in your life. They don't understand the faithfulness of God. For others in the room, and that's where we are. We're living in that moment, trying to figure this out. Is this really God? I mean, is God still alive in, in me? Is, is God still able to do something in me? God will give you the strength to be an overcomer today. So keep on fighting. Keep on pressing. Don't give up today. Don't give in to the enemy. Keep on moving forward and claim God's promises for your life. I wonder, is there anyone in the room that will go with me? And reach with me to have a Caleb kind of attitude that declares, give me this mountain. A promise that says, hey, it was a long time ago, but you know what? It might have been some 45 years ago. But give me this mountain. Because I see this full circle now. And what the enemy tried to take. What the enemy has actually overridden in my life. He's come in. He's busted in. He's taken some things from me. Now is not the time to walk in fear, my brother, my sister. Now is the time to walk in faith and trust that the same God of the Bible is the same God of 2021. The same God of the circumstances you're facing. We serve an amazing God and he is with you and he is for you. And he's got a greater plan for your life. Don't give up. Don't give in to the enemy. Will you climb the mountain one more time? Will you seize God's strength today and say, God, yeah, you're with me. Therefore, I will still trust in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. God, I pray that you speak life into someone's circumstance. Speak hope, God, right now. You see, every mountain that we have faced, every valley that we've been through, every difficult moment in our life, you see the giants that are in our land right now that have overridden the area. They've, they've halted. They take possession of our inheritance, our heritage. God, therefore, today is the day I will trust in you. Today is the day I release my faith in you. I will not be bound by fear or hurt any longer, but I will walk forward in faith because the same God that was with Caleb is the same God in this place today, and he's able to minister. I trust that now, Lord, your power to do what only you can do in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the mighty 
mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now is the time to step out in victory. Now is the time to receive God's victory and God's plan for your life. Let me encourage you today. Why don't you be bold about it? Amen. Why don't you just take a moment if you believe that God is still with you. Hey, why don't you say, give me that mountain. Hey, God, give me that mountain. I don't want to let the enemy steal it, not steal my joy, my strength. I need some prayer warriors to join me here in the front and declare it with me. Say, yeah, I believe it with you right now, Pastor. Yeah, I believe God's got a plan for our church. God's got a plan for our city. God's got a plan for my life. I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to say, hey, God, I'm ready to receive the promises of God. I'm ready to declare it together. Hey, Lord, I want your will to be done right now. Lord, I know you're able to move in my midst. You're able to move in my circumstances. I need healing. I believe in healing. Hey, I need emotional strength. I believe God is faithful. Somebody needs to receive it right now. Oh, can we begin to praise him and declare it together in the name of Jesus. We believe it now. We receive it now in the name of Jesus. Let's declare it as a church right now. Let's raise our hands right now and receive it together in the name of Jesus. Right where you are, declare victory is in the house. Victory is in me today. I surrender my all to you. I will trust in you. Let's all pray. Jesus is here. Let's all pray. Jesus is here. In the name of Jesus. Mountain.